Amen? Amen. Okay, turn with me to Ephesians 3. So we've been doing, it's almost like a mini-series inside the big series. The big series is the Believer's Authority. And the past couple weeks, we've been talking about the prayers of activation, the prayers of activation in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. And the last two weeks, two weeks ago, I did Ephesians 1. Uh, the scriptures in there, if you want to write those down, I don't have them up here this morning. But it's Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. And I encourage you guys to read those and put your name in there as you're praying to the Lord to activate you with the wisdom and all the grace and all the knowledge needed and all the confidence to use the believer's authority. And then last week was Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 10. And today we're going to do Ephesians 3. There's a prayer found in Ephesians 3. And the prayer is from verses 14 to 21. But I'm actually going to start a little bit further back in verse 8. And before I get there, again, I, did, I looked at my calendar. So I don't know if you guys, you know, when you're, when you're preaching a message series, for whatever reason, I just save each week as a new message series on my computer. And I was like, you know, I've been talking about that. We've been doing this for a long time. But really, how long have we been doing it? Does this just feel like a long time? And it was the last week of September of last year is when we started this series. Now, we did something a little different uh, over Christmas, well, actually, because of the weather. We had, you know, Christmas and New Year's. There were some different things that happened. But we've been doing this for over five months. And the Lord told me I've just got only a few more weeks to go. So don't miss it. We just have a few more weeks to go. So I'm going to ask you this week, like I asked you last week, how many of you had the chance and blessed opportunity to use the believer's authority at some point in time during the week this past week. Come on, church. Come on. If you did, raise it up. If you didn't, that's okay. Because God says you can't stop until everybody <laughs> raises their hand. So now you're all going to be like, all right, my goodness, will we ever get over this thing? Next week, everyone's hand's going to go up, and then, of course, we'll end the series. No, seriously, I might actually end it next week. But what the Lord wants us to, he said, I want everyone to be a doctorate, to know it so well that they can go and before, if you're a doctor and someone falls on the side of the road, you go and attend to that. You go take authority in that situation and say, excuse me, I'm a doctor. Yeah? Right? And anybody, if somebody falls down, they say, is there a doctor in the house? Well, how about when something happens in our lives, in our workplaces, they say, is there a Christian in the house? Is there someone who believes in Jesus because there's a situation that that person needs to come in and take some authority over? And so what we've been talking about and learning about and digging deeper and deeper into is this believer's authority because I want us to use it. I want us to use it every day, every week. When the series is over, I want you to keep using it. And I'll tell you what, we have example after example after example in our own life in which we've been using it. So I got a couple new ones for this week because I need to be using it as well, right? So a couple of them that I've been using... Uh, I don't know if this was, this was years ago, I had stomach pain. I mean, like, indigestion, pain in my gallbladder, all types of stomach pain. And I had taken authority over this thing years ago, and I'm telling you, I can't remember how long it's been, but it was like three or four years where I had zero stomach issues at all. Not a single one. I could eat whatever I wanted, I could just, it was just, it was wonderful. It was glorious. And I was sharing my testimony with someone. So, you know, I haven't had any stomach pain in a really long time. 
And wouldn't you know, the sneaky little devil, as sneaky as he is, he's trying to come back and revisit that. And I'm eating stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, my stomach hurts. I'm having trouble eating. I mean, I love pasta. I love her pasta sauce. And I'm having a challenge. It's like burning up my stomach. I'm like asking her, is there onions in this thing? Have you changed the recipe? She's like, what are you talking about? No, nothing's changed. And I realized that the enemy is trying to sneak back in and take back something that God has given me, and that's a complete healing of my stomach. And so now when I wake up all this week, I'll be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Just like my lady friend at the DMV from last week. I won't go through it again. <laughs> the DMV lady told me, no. And I had to leave the DMV. Simple as that. I mean, I couldn't even get another word in. It was like, no, no. She said it twice, and I had to go. And so that is what I, I was like, hey, if the DMV lady can throw me out like that, as a Christian, as a believer who has believer's authority, I too am going to say no, and the devil is going to flee. Because the Bible says you resist the devil and he flees from you. So I am standing on his word. I am saying no in Jesus' name. My stomach is healed and whole, and I have declarations that I'm reading each morning that says my body is full of life and my stomach is healed and whole. You want to know something else I've been declaring? This is like full access. This is all, it's into like my personal prayer time in the mornings here. Here we go. So I've been, maybe I've mentioned this to you guys. I've been declaring that my eyesight will improve over the course of time. And I've been standing on that. I've been believing it. And I've been declaring it in the name of Jesus. And I've been saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, my eyesight is getting better day by day, and Nina happens to be back there, and she can attest that my actual prescription was at a, what is it, negative 2.0 a couple years ago. It is now at 1.25 and improving, I believe, day by day. And I believe the Lord, this is what the Lord wants us to go do, amen. We give him all the glory for it, because we say how many times are we walking around accepting something in our life? How many times are we walking around accepting that something is happening in our life in which the enemy is causing and the Bible says we have all authority and all power over all the plans of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy, and he has to flee. And so that's why we're doing this series. That's why it's so important that we have to understand that. So what is a believer? You guys could probably quote this for me. Anyone who holds a strong or unwavering belief in the truth of something. And I want us all to get there. I know most of you here are saved and you believe in Jesus Christ, but I want us to believe that the believer's authority is as much ours as it was Paul's or Peter's or anybody else that we read about in the Bible. Say, well, that's not me. I can't do that. This person was special. The Bible doesn't say. The believer's authority, when it's given to believers, it doesn't, there's no requirements, there's no prerequisites. It doesn't say, well, look at this group over here comes a little later to church, so that's not going to work as well for them. But this group over here, they've done some Bible study and some theology. They actually have a graduate degree in theology, and so the believer's authority is really going to work better for them. Uh-uh. You have, we have to get a grasp and a hold of it that the day you become a Christian, the very first day, the believer's authority is yours. It is yours, and we have to activate it. 
And these prayers in Ephesians, what we're talking about, is this activation of our faith in the believer's authority. To activate what God can do and wants to do in our life. So this authority is this delegated power. The right to command and enforce obedience. I love that definition. The authority that we have as believers because of the backing of Jesus, because of where he sits at the right hand of the Father, this authority, it's delegated to us, and we get to use it. And we have the, it's an opportunity, it's a blessing to command and enforce obedience over things in our life. And even recently, I know uh, our little one, Noel, there's been something going on in her body on the inside, and I, it's been probably going on for weeks and not one time that I can remember, I mean, we've prayed for her, but it wasn't until like yesterday or two days ago, I was like, that's it, in the name of Jesus, I declare and decree that this weapon formed against her shall not prosper. And she was doing it herself, from what I understand, during worship this morning. And that's what our kids and our grandkids, they begin to hear it and they begin to see us do it. You know, you can say things all you want to your kids, and how do I know this? Because I have a lot of kids. And I can say it over and over and over. And it feels like the infamous in one ear and out the other. It's like, do they even hear what I'm saying? But man, do they see what you're doing. Do they see what you're doing. And when you as parents, when you stand up and you say, excuse me, family, let's gather around together. And we're going to take authority over this situation Right now in Jesus' name. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. You don't have to scream and shout. You just get your family together. Sit on the couch. Hold hands. Pray. Say in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this situation. Whether it's at their school, or whether it's with a friend of theirs, or whether it's with a family member. Whatever it is, we can do that. We model that for our children. So this authority is the right to exercise, the ability to act. We can exercise the strength, and I love this, we enforce the obedience. We resist the devil and he has to flee from us. Luke 10, 17 says this. Then we'll get to Ephesians 3. I love this verse. It says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you Jesus speaking. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over what? Over what? All the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so in order for us not to get too puffed up and excited because it's his authority, he says this, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. We, don't even, we shouldn't even rejoice about that. What could be more exciting than being able to walk into a room and command and take authority in the name of Jesus? What is it? Is that we rather rejoice because our names are written in heaven. Because the only reason why the authority is even there is because we are a believer, because our name is written in heaven. His authority, church, is our authority. And I said this last week, our righteousness and our authority are unfair and undeserved. Quite frankly, they are. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to work it up. We didn't do anything to do any, any of it. 
It's undeserved, unfair, but guess what? It's ours. Say, it's mine. mine. Say, it's mine. It's mine, church. We need to walk around like it's actually ours. The Bible says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know what that fear is there? It's timidity. It's not just fear of like, oh, you know, I'm scared of something, scared of the dark. It's timidity. That doesn't come from the Lord. That does not come from the Lord. He has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Those are the things in which he has given us. Not the spirit of of intimidation. So we need to reject that in the name of Jesus. Our righteous and our authority are ours in Jesus' name. Okay, so Ephesians 3, these, these prayers... We want to activate the believer's authority in our lives. We want to activate these. These prayers, we can personalize them. We can pray them every day. I know somebody told me last week that they pray the Ephesians 1 and 3 prayer over their grandkids every single day. Uh, They've been doing it for years. Uh, And I I truly believe there's impact in that. When we speak the word, we pray God's word back to him. He, He moves because that's what the Bible says. He moves. This revelation in these Ephesians here, this call and purpose to rule and reign with him, far above the enemy. We talked about this being in a royal family last week. We've been given the same authority to rule over the devil, and when we use that authority, the devil must give place to our authority, and he has to flee. So Ephesians 3, I'm going to back up to verse 8, so start with me in verse 8. Again, this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says this in verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints. Like, first of all, you think, like, how can this guy even write this? But the true humility that he understands that he needs to humble himself before the mighty hand of God. And that God is the one who lifts him up. God is the one who gives him strength. I don't know about you, but I haven't been persecuted, stoned, or beaten for my faith. But this guy who had those things happen to him says, I'm the least of the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. And just stop there for a minute. You realize what the Bible is telling us. It tells us here, it tells us in John, it tells us a lot of different places that Jesus was here from the beginning. And that all of creation from God the Father was birthed through Jesus Christ. And I, I want to say, take a minute to, to talk about this just for a second so that we can understand when we use the name of Jesus, we are not just saying a name. We are not just saying, is there five letters in that? We're not just using these five letters that have been put together to make a name. Guess what? My name is five letters and starts with a J also. But ain't nobody praying in the name of Jason. Nor should you. Please don't. Right? Why is it the name of Jesus? Because look at that. All things were created 
through Jesus Christ. He was there from the beginning. He is the Word. The Word was Him. The Word was there from the beginning. That is who Jesus is. And so when we use the name of Jesus, we are using the creative power that rests behind the name of Jesus to move the circumstances, to move the circumstances, to move the situations, to create things that which were not there before. It's not just a little like, yeah, in the name of Jesus. When we say that name, there is power in the name. We sing that song. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's pow- Why is there power in the name of Jesus? Because there is a creative power that rests on him. All created, all things through Jesus Christ, all authority creative power to change things life and death in the power of our tongue correct but this life and death we speak life we speak the name of jesus because he is life he is the creator he is the one who started everything and we get to use that name are you kidding me are you joking me like this is exciting this is amazing we get to use this name And I want all of us, I mean, I got to remember this revelation truth every single day. I get to use it. It's a choice. No one's forcing you to use it. But it's a choice. We get to use this name of Jesus, which there is so much power behind because of who he is. Verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom, which means much, many, diverse, that that wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. And to this, this just keeps telling me like, oh my gosh, look at, let's read it again. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. That means he is calling the church to use his power and his authority and so that the world will know. Why do we use the believer's authority? So that others will come to know him so that you're in a situation say in the name of jesus and something changes something moves and it arrests the attention of the unbeliever and they say whoa what is going on here verse 11 according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in christ jesus our lord verse 12 in whom we have boldness come on guys you don't get this boldness up Look, this boldness that you're hearing from me up here, (laughs) as Pastor Liz can attest to, this is not Jason. This is not Jason. It's not. It is a boldness and anointing to preach that comes from him. Like if I had my choice, I'd be down sitting down there with you guys. I don't do this because it's like, oh man, this is a great, I just really want to do this. It is a calling, and then he anoints us to be able to do it. And with the believer's authority, every one of you has a calling on your life to use the believer's authority. There's an anointing that is on you, and a boldness and an access, a confidence that is on you through faith in him. The believer's authority. You're believing he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do and so you can stand confidently and boldly speak to a situation. Say, come on. That's not right. That's not right. That can't stay here any longer. Boldness and access with confidence through him in faith. Verse 13, therefore, I ask you, do not lose heart 
at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Paul has continued to encourage the church. And then he gets into the prayer. Here we go, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So he's saying, what is the reason? Paul is saying, I get on my knees and I pray because of what? Because he wants us to be activated with the following things that, he's gonna, that he writes in this letter to Ephesians. That he would grant you. Or how about that he would activate you. It's an activation prayer. That he would activate you according to the riches of his glory. He's got the riches. He's got the glory. That he would activate you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. His spirit. So as I see this prayer of activation, this gets right to our spirit. This is right to our spirit, man. The very first part of this prayer that Paul is saying is going right to our spirit. That we are activated, we are strengthened with might through his spirit, directly into our spirit in our, what he's saying, an inner man. So this prayer of activation is hitting our spirit man. It's saying, hey, spirit man, wake up. You're redeemed. You're restored. You're covered in the blood. You're righteous. You're holy. God sees you perfectly. Stop allowing condemnation and all the junk from the enemy to try to hold you down and hold you back. I'm starting right here. This is where God starts, right in our spirit man. It's our spirit man that changes first, and then it's the heart that begins to change. Then it's the mind that begins to change. Then it's the words that begin to change. But he starts right here in the spirit. He says that. This is what Paul was praying for his fellow believers, that you would be strengthened in that inner man, that you would understand the riches of his glory. You would understand that you, on the sp- your inside, your spirit man is strengthened and can be used for the glory of God. Then verse 17 says that Christ may dwell. All right, now he's in our spirit man. Where else? Where else can we be activated in this authority? Where else can we be activated in who God is in our life and what he wants to go do? Dwell in our hearts through faith. So the first one was the spirit. Verse 17 is our hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. How many know we love from our heart, yeah? This is what God, God has given us, a uh, soul, which is our, our, you know, our mind, our body. We've got these emotions. We've got all this stuff. But in our heart, what saying is, may Christ dwell in your heart. Not just in your spirit, man, but that he would begin to dwell in your innermost soul. Your physical being, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions. These things that are out there that you would just begin to dwell in there. And that you would be rooted and grounded in his love. You would understand his love so much that you could not help but love others. And when we truly love others, and loving others is doing the best possible thing for the person in the moment. That's what love is. Parents, we know that's difficult to do. Especially if you want to be, being a parent is not being a friend to your kid. That does not work well. Being a parent and loving them is doing the best 
impossible thing for them in the moment. And sometimes that means discipline. Sometimes that means saying no. Sometimes it means whatever it might you have to do. But loving someone else and being a spouse and being married, sometimes the best possible thing for you to do is to take authority over that situation. And say, I take authority in the name of Jesus. Liz always says she gets her hand and puts it on her head and says, pray for me. We need to activate that. We need to believe in our heart that God is moving and working inside of us. Verse 18. And that we may be able to comprehend. What do we comprehend with? The old mind. So this prayer is activating our spirit man. It's activating our heart, our mind, our will, these emotions. And he wants to activate our mind. To comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know what? The love of Christ. Which passes knowledge that you may be what? Filled with all the fullness of God. So as I read that last one, how many know, what are you filled with? As you, what does it say the Bible says? As your cup runneth over. Out of the overflow, what begins to speak? Our mouth. So when we get a hold of this activation prayer of the believer's authority, it begins to transform our spirit man and then begins to transform our heart, which then begins to transform our mind and what we comprehend and what we see and the wisdom and knowledge of God. We begin to discern situations and say, oh, that's not right, that's not right. We're praying for this, but it's not the right thing. We need to start praying for this over here and begin to activate those things. And then what begins to happen is the fullness of God begins to overflow. And we begin to speak with authority things in which, as they need to be, that line up with the word of God. Grace, you want to come back up here? So this activation prayer in Ephesians hits every piece of who we are. Our spirit, our soul, and our body as we speak. You say, this is all great, verse 20. There's nothing that we're doing, guys. Nothing that we're doing at all. Now to him. And, you know, we use this verse in regards to, you know, our debt. Amen? Exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. We know he can do that. And we apply this verse to a lot of different things, rightly, in a lot of cases. But interestingly enough, this verse follows this prayer of activation in Ephesians about our spirit our soul, our mind, and our mouth being activated with the believer's authority to go and do what God has called us to go do on this earth as Christians, as believers. And we can't do that without him. Now to him who is able. Because of him, I'm able to be up here. Not because of me. Not because of public speaking. Not because of anything. Because of him, who he is. He is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. All those things. His ex think about that. Let me just, hopefully you're getting this. This activation prayer on the inside activates our spirit, our heart, our mind, and our body to use the, the believer's authority to see things change by his power, what he can do, exceeding abundantly, all we can ask, that works what? In us. 
through us. The only way that his power begins to show up and go is through us on this earth. That's what this verse is saying. This is why we have to be activated. This is why it's more important that you're doing it out there versus in here. I would rather us use the believer's authority everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go. You're here for two hours on a Sunday. How many hours are in a week? A lot more than two, which means you're not here most of the time. And we need to be activating this every single day. So close your eyes with me. I want to activate us this morning. I'm going to read this prayer that we just walked through in Ephesians over you. You guys can keep your eyes closed, but I just want to, if, if you are like, you know what, I've been hearing this, I've been hearing this, I've been hearing this, but I just have not been activated yet. I haven't been using it like I want to use it. I just want you to stand up this morning. Stand up right where you're at. <clears throat> Say, this is for me, Pastor Jason, this morning. I am ready to be activated. Anyone else? Come on. I'm going to pray this over all, all of you, but those who stood up here this morning, those, I really, I just want you to just receive this prayer. And that you leave this place with your spirit, your heart, your mind, and your mouth renewed to the understanding that you stand in authority because of him. That you are part of a royal family because of him. And that situations and circumstances that do not line up with the word of God and they begin to occur in your life, that you would stand on the word and you begin to use the authority that Jesus Christ has given you. So Father, we pray this morning We pray this morning, Lord, that you would grant us, according to your riches and your glory, to be strengthened with might through your spirit in our inner man. Lord, that you would dwell in our hearts through faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in love. And Lord, that we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height? That we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And that every day we would be filled with all the fullness of God. And Lord, now we worship you to you who are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to your power that works in us. Father, to you be the glory in the church through your Son, Jesus Christ, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, why don't you all stand with me this morning as we close out. We're going to have some small group leaders.
that can pray with you up here. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today you feel a stirring on the inside of your heart that says, today is the day of salvation. Today I want to make my commitment to Jesus Christ. Come up here this morning and they'll pray with you. If you've got a prayer need, a request for anything else that might be going on in your life, I just want you to come up here and get prayer this morning from them. They will agree with you. They will pray with you. But as we close, I want to do what I've done every single week in this entire series. Is we're going to take some authority, church. We're going to send you out, and we're going to take some authority right now before you leave this place over every situation and circumstance that might be happening in your life. So right now, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against any single person with a sound. I can hear the sound of my voice this morning. You may not come against our families, our businesses, our church, our finances, our health, our wholeness, our healing. You must go in Jesus' name. You are bound away from us and our families. For we are covered and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Satan, you may not steal, you may not kill, and you may not destroy us or our property anymore in Jesus' name. And I remind you, devil, you are defeated and we are victorious. We are victorious. We are victorious in Jesus' name. So, Father, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, for your victory. We thank you, Lord, for the authority that you have given us. Lord, I just, Father, I just pray that you would give us the courage. We speak against the spirit of timidity, and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. Spirit of timidity must go, and a spirit of boldness shall come across this church to come upon every person and the sound of my voice, that they will be activated, activated, activated in their lives, in their marriages, in their parenting, in their jobs, in their relationships. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. I love you guys.